everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Well, Robbie, I was good until I watched this, and well, about that. I'll be good after we're done recording, Matt. That's the true secret. True. You can just brain flush it all. You just, I just, you know, I don't know if you do this every week. I certainly do this every week, where I just take a little bit of time after every time we record, and I just have a little Robbie time. We just talked about Robbie, Matt time, Robbie time, <laughs> in our Bob's Burgers bonus episode, bonus review for the, the Patreon. And um, I just take a little bit of Robbie time. I just do ha- a little, I give myself a little treat, whatever that may be. And it helps get me over. I just go, okay, now it's done. I move on. And I'm certainly going to need it this week. This episode. Oh, boy. Yeah, I say that every week. Season 22 might be the worst episode. It might be the worst season yet, Matt. That's what I'm saying. There are words. Season 22 might be the worst season yet. I don't know. Like, have we had a good episode yet on season 22? Uh, have we had a decent, not... even half decent? Uh, no. No, I don't think we have. Yeah. Boy. Um, so, hi. Hello. We are Brady Buyer supporters on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, hey, if you're listening to this and you're a patron, check your account. Uh, Patreon had a terrible thing with all their billing. And some people just got unsubscribed, not just from our Patreon, but many others. Um, so this is kind of a general call even to those people who use Patreon and don't even subscribe to us, which is fine. Um, you should check your account, check your billing stuff. Uh, some weird stuff happened behind the scenes with the changes to... So people got denied and therefore got uh, turned... You know, they, they're basically their subscriptions got turned off. And you might not be aware of this. We've lost handful of people who I assume that's what happened to them or maybe we just made them very angry because I said something stupid off the cuff and they said Robbie never again am I giving you two dollars and if that's the case then that's okay you're probably not listening anyway go check your Patreon if you're on Patreon this week's episode Matt is the blue and the gray episode NABF06 originally aired February 13th 2011 written by Rob Lezebnik directed by Bob Anderson Received a three rating with 5.5 million viewers. The chalkboard gag, I will not make fun of Cupid's dink. Good. You shouldn't do that. That's mean. You shouldn't bother. Yes, don't, I mean, that's, don't, it's Cupid. He's a little angel. Don't we mean angels? I, I mean, I I, mean, I was just going to say, don't be, don't, be, don't be body shaming people of any kind. You know, also any, that. Don't, don't do that. That's, that's a mean thing. You, you make fun of people for being evil uh, or for being weird because that's how you ostracize people. <laughs> Exactly. That's the correct way to do it. The couch gag. Homer injures himself on the way to the couch, and uh, with Barney substitutes in uh, while Homer is carried away on a stretcher. I, this is fun. This is a cute little couch gag. I'm surprised they've never done this mm-hmm. before, where we get like a sports substitution a la, you know, Homer gets gets uh, wheeled away with Barney. Um, it's fun. I might be the best thing in the episode, but... <laughs> I would guarantee that. I mean, have you seen the rest of this episode? I did. I have seen it, Matt. Actually, I just watched it not two hours ago. Um, there is one gag in this that I, a, a little one-off that I enjoyed. I'll say that. I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. Here, we'll do it right now. Matt, did you no, laugh at anything in this episode? No laughing? Not a single thing. Not even close. Okay. I didn't laugh. Okay. I did oh. I did guffaw at points to say, is this really supposed to be funny, like incredulously, but not an actual funny laugh? I was going to say, I want to specify, I did find one of the, there's a there's a little gag in here that I thought was cute, and I smiled. And then there are multiple moments in this where I think I was struck by madness, because I could feel like, 
I could feel it creeping into my mind. I felt like I was on the verge of like just mad, mad laughter. Not because I thought it was funny, but because I don't know what is happening in the show. Like it is inspiring Lovecraftian madness inside of me. It's probably appropriate. I use Lovecraft as a as an adjective because uh, th- this episode is also offensive. Um, not racist, really. Uh, I would argue that it's somewhat misogynist, but we'll we'll get there. It's Valentine's Day. This is, episode is a Valentine's Day episode. I just do, I, do they do this every year now? Do we just get a Valentine's Day episode every year? Well, yeah, because they have to start with okay. I need something to you know uh, base an episode around because I don't have any original thoughts. Let's just throw Valentine's Day in there. Like it's like I remember. Yeah, in the golden years, they would occasionally send things around holidays. Okay, not every single year. It feels like every year now we get, oh, it's on, it's this episode's near Valentine's Day, pencil in Valentine's Day episode, because it starts with that. We, we have little vignettes around Springfield of Valentine's Day. Um, we get the crazy cat lady meets a crazy dog man. No, thank mm. you. Don't want this. Whatever this is, them speaking gibberish at each other. Don't Don't want it. Uh, we get a couple more of these vignettes. We cut to Mo. I would say this episode's sort of about Mo, but it's not. They forget about him. <laughs> they forget about how there's multiple plots in this that just are started and then abandoned. We don't get any any kind of resolution. Nothing. And Mo is one of them. But we'll start with we start with Mo, which is cr- I'm like this. I know I say I don't yell anymore. Mm-hmm. This episode's really it's really it really challenged me, and that's why I like I don't. Last week, I didn't want to yell, I don't think. This episode really makes me want to yell. Mo loves Valentine's Day because he can overcharge for drinks, is what he tells Homer. Homer, But Homer leaves the bar um, with uh, to, you know, go home and spend time with, with Marge. I don't, under, I don't understand how that is Valentine's Day. It's nighttime. Homer's already out alone, and then he goes home tomorrow. Like, whatever. Mo doesn't have anyone. So this is how we're, we're Moe's sad. We get multiple gags about Homer checking, like going back inside the uh, the bar and Moe's just over more and more sad, crying, etc. We cut to Moe alone in Moe's watching television where we get this ad for, I, I ostensibly as a pickup artist. Coming up next on World of War, mm-hmm. Hitler and Ava Braun, crazy in love. Even you let me down, Hitler. Hey, you! Spending Valentine's Day by yourself? Huzzah! If you're watching this alone, your love life is like Sister Act 3. No whoopee. I knew my love life was like that movie somehow. Well, I'm going to tell you my secrets right now. If right now means tomorrow night at my seminar at the Springfield Airport Motor Lodge. So, if you're ready to turn from couch potato to sex tornado, come and see me, Dr. Kissing Her. Eh, what have I got to lose? They say for every man somewhere on Earth, there's one woman. And this is when we cut away to... Uh, they just can't have a Mo thing be nice, even a tiny bit. We cut away to a female Mo in Europe, I guess? Is that where this is, Matt? I don't know. It's a, it's in a different country, because it goes, right? It goes, they, we see the globe and everything. Um, And... She's going to hang herself. And that's it. We cut away. That's the joke. I, but Matt, okay, I'm going to, let's, we say that a lot, right? And I would say normally they are trying to tell jokes, but there is no joke here. 
right? There's no setup punchline. There always we just cut away. There's a woman for there's a woman for every man is I, I sensibly a setup, right? That's most setup for that. Mm-hmm. But because this is so strange, all I end end up watching is oh, this is a female mo going to hang herself. There's no like joke there, really. It is just someone with a noose, and you're just like, what? What am I watching? At any like, there are multiple like this whole episode, Matt. Is this? Is there? This is my my question. This might be a new weekly question. Is how much of this episode actually is the Simpsons? Um. I mean, as in, like, with the family, or something? No, something you could recognize as this tel- the television show you like. What percentage? Oh God, um, ten percent ish. I mean, like, I, I will say there's a bit about where Bart and Lisa ask where their head stops and their hair begins. I could see that being a decent bit in the Golden Years. I'm pretty sure there that was a bit during the Golden Years. Uh, that just uh, beyond that, um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's about it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even qualify that much, Matt. But I don't like. It's just it's just this this desert, right? We're in where I can't. Is this the show I like anymore? Like, what is what parts of it? Is it this where Mo sees a self help ad, and then we cut to a female Mo in Europe hanging herself? What is? How is this The Simpsons? What is? What is this? And there's, I... this is not the first time. This is not even close to the thing that bothers me the most. Homer and Marge wake up late because uh, they were having Valentine's Day sex. Um, Homer has been tied to the bed, I guess. Um, this takes everything. In this episode takes forever. I want to add. They are clearly. Uh-huh. It feels like every scene they are padding. Like every scene, they just add a little bit extra of nothing. To flesh to fill twenty minutes, and normally you and I, you and I go, oh man, filling things, getting all the story in in twenty minutes is hard. They, you know, their solution, Matt, is you just abandon stories. You don't have to worry about them, so you well, can fill in fill in these extra scenes of them having sex. Homer can't get himself off the bed because he's tied to, so he starts gnawing at his leg. So we get a good twenty seconds of Homer just trying to gnaw his leg off, and you're like, <sighs> yeah, but it's just yeah. it's just that padding. We cut to Marge in the bathroom, and Marge finds her first gray hair. <gasps> My first gray hair? Oh, Marge, don't worry. A lot of movie stars have gray hair, like all those women we loved in the 80s. Only you always mean to say the nicest things. Well, it's not easy with you talking all the time. <laughs> it's it's it it gets worse, Matt. With like the uh... I know, I know. Well, it's just like it's just like casualized misogyny that's supposed to be a joke. You said it before; it's grandpa humor. It's like, oh, this is the kind of joke they would make in the eighties. Let's make it here, and it'll be funny because we know that it's bad. No. It's still not funny. That's the thing where they, I don't want to say that the Simpsons hates women, right? I don't want that to be true, but any moment in this episode that would challenge that belief is quickly undercut by more misogyny and more kind of like callous kind of like joking about empowerment 
like anytime there's a moment of like, oh, we might actually try and say something about how women choosing their own hair color, me, me, if it means anything at all, like I would, okay, we'll get there. I, I'm, I, I'm losing my oh, mind, Matt. Yes, I'm losing my mind. So we go at to a, like, there's a, keeping all this straight is really hard on me. We go to like a seminar. Is that what this is? I guess. Essentially, yes. It's a, it's a pickup artist seminar where this guy is going to show Mo and other incredibly pathetic guys how to pick up women. Right. Doctor kissing her is the guy's name, which is Ugh. it's not like it's, you can't do better than it's that. It's not the worst thing in this episode by far, but it's just so stupid. It's just like think of every everything in this episode Matt, is the dumbest version. Every everything is just the dumbest version of the thing they want to do. So we have Doctor kissing her. All the single guys in Springfield, which is most of the men in Springfield, are all there. They're all dumb and pathetic and sad, which is fine, right? It that's part of the joke a lot of the times. A lot of these men in Springfield is that they are kind of pathetic and sad. Um, and even this is like this is not really the worst of the worst pickup artist stuff, right? It's kind of like kind of tepid pickup artist stuff it's like oh you need a wingman okay like there's a long bit here about telling mo to get a wingman uh it's he settles on a homer we have a long joke about skinner and chalmers debating about what would happen oh that goes on forever well this is my problem with it man let me uh, let me let me just do a like a quick like little let's go to our mind palaces okay and we have this scene right they're in a seminar and we have a pickup artist guy telling, teaching, like, oh, you need to do this. You need to have a pickup. Uh, you need to have a wingman with you who's uglier than you, who won't take a woman from you, but who can serve your purposes, right? Who can distract, blah, 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 blah. Uh, treating all this like a game, not like establishing real relationships with people. Okay. And Mo needs to get this information. It's perfectly fine. And you see all these people here. You see... You know, uh, sea captains there, and we've got Skinner and Chalmers, and Skinner and Chalmers have this conversation about Skinner's asking Chalmers, "Will you be my wingman, etc.?" And then, and back and forth, and they have this little debate. There's literally no reason you couldn't have them have the same interplay, but in a bar or a club, or yeah, the same place that Mo and Homer are in later. Like you have a bit with uh, later, way later in the episode with Burns and one of his wingmates, uh, wingmen. Why couldn't that have been Skinner and Chalmers? Instead of them just dryly talking to each other for 30 seconds. Why don't we just see them actually do it out in public with women? And then you have another capper out of this bit, Matt, where you have the women walk away disgusted. Right? They do the bit that's in this mm-hmm. in the episode. And then you also have another capper you can add with women being disgusted, walking away from both of them. Very, it, like, it's, it writes, like, why don't you just do that? I, okay, so we go to what effectively is the only plot that they actually settle to any extent in this episode, which is about Marge and her hair. Uh, this is a relatively long clip. It is incredibly dumb, but it is important I play the whole thing. So after dinner, I cut his hair, and he readjusted my mortgage. That's what he does. <laughs> and how was your Valentine's Day? Very romantic. Homer had the basketball game muted the whole time. Oh, and then I found a gray hair. No big deal. Hmm. Marge, it's time I told you the truth. You've been grayer than a Seattle Cinco de Mayo for years now. Really? 
Jesse Dye not only colors your hair, but the fumes wipe the experience from your mind. Jimothy Aquanetta is touch of time. Gloves and foil, people. Let's go. Crinkle, crinkle. Oh, Janice, I'm so sorry. Can we reschedule? It's a battle of the blue and gray here, and I am Gabraham Lincoln, baby. Oh, that's okay. I only needed a touch-up. My husband and I can use the time to take a long romantic walk. Hmm. She doesn't seem so worried about her gray hair. Oh, her self-confidence doesn't come from a bottle. Now, let's rub this toxic blue goo onto your scalp. Mm-hmm. Gabraham Lincoln, man. He said the name of the episode, so take a drink. What do I? Well, like, I know, just Robbie, I know. So there's just that clip is a minute and a half long, and I could talk about it. Like I could write a dissertation on this about the fall of the Simpsons. <laughs> like it's so it's so rich. It's so rich in its stupidity. Um, Marge, Man, the, 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 the step one. Marge has, knows that she has gray hair. Has agreed to get a diet in the past, but it wipes her memory. What kind of dumbass crap is that? Why? 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 That's what, like, ultimately, Matt, when this happened, I'm like, why would you have her so that she doesn't remember? Why does that matter? It's more interesting if she knows she does it. That's the whole point of this. It's challenging Marge's thought process about how people react to her and her going maybe take taking that chance and like, oh, I'll just let my natural hair color go and see what happens. But instead they have it, oh, she is mind-wiped by fumes from hair dye. What? Why? 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 It is insane. And we've seen, like, they're literally, what, Secrets is a Successful Marriage. Apu talks about, oh, we don't have your hair dye. You know, yeah. you know, decades ago. Like, 52 was, or whatever it is, yeah. And then it was in the 90s, Marge was... They were just like, oh, whatever. Marge dyes her hair. She's a little sh ashamed of it, right? And it's not like I expect them to hold true to every moment of continuity. It's mo mostly just that moment in contrast to anything in this episode. That single moment in that one episode felt real and honest. It is a real thing that people really do where, yeah, I, well, yeah, I'm going gray, so I dye my hair. But you don't tell people that. You just, you know, you, I know, I've know, my mom did this for years, dyed her hair. She was going gray. Dyed her hair. Never talked about it with other people. It was human. There's this this whole scene is supposed to be grounding us in like, oh, this is Marge's struggle for this episode and having to accept herself and how she actually looks and wh why does that matter or if it matters at all. But instead, because it's so silly and so dumb, oh, we're gonna you get mind wiped by the fumes of this hair dye every week. You're just like, and we yet we and we see the woman. That Marge goes, oh man, she just walks around with her natural hair, and it, and she's totally fine with it. Super confident, goes off with her silver fox husband, and they but they go up in a hot air balloon in the middle of the street, and because it's so cartoonish, you're I'm not grounded. There's no, you can't be grounded in these character motivations when everything is so stupid and silly and non basically alien behavior right no the, no humans are in this episode not a single there's not like bart i guess for a moment and that's about it um marge at the, at the very end of this scene basically marge stops them from dyeing her hair returns home with fully which I, that's the other thing matt like she goes back and suddenly all her hair is gray 
Yeah, it's like somehow they got all the gray out of the rest of her hair. It's like, I get that that's how you need this episode to go, but what? That's not... I feel like there should be a conversation between her and Homer about saying, I think I'm going to stop dyeing my hair. And Homer is like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then it just... See, that's... That'd be human, Matt. That'd be like normal human behavior. Can't have that. Like, that would be... I think... And, and honestly, that is... Like, there's so much drama in that. There's so much... Like... I could th- I am already just in my head I could think of multiple scenes where you have Marge's hair slowly all the blue gets you know washes away the blue wears off it grows out she gets more and more haircuts you have a little time lapse montage of her getting more and more haircuts and soon it's all gray right and there's so much you could do with that there are so many things you could have so many scenes of that slow gradual change of her going back to her normal hair color her regular gray hair. But instead, they just use magic. We don't see a scene. They just magic her hair back to gray. That's not how hair works, guys. I'm like, you don't just, you can't wash out dye. To dye, okay. And like, I mean, I know they don't care about the actual realities of dyeing your hair, but just, this is so, I have purple hair right now, guys. I don't, obviously, you guys don't see me very often. I have purple hair right now, okay? I dye my hair. Or my wife does it really. Uh, I could I could probably do it by myself now. I'm experienced, Matt. But this just does not bear any reality to how it works. <laughs> like it's just zero percent. Uh, we go to commercial. Eight minutes and thirty five seconds. It felt an like this. An, this first act felt like an hour long. I felt like eternity. Yeah, it's it's real bad. Uh, so we're going to start out uh, with a clip of the family's reactions. At this point, to set the stage, Marge has come home completely gray somehow. With a bucket of chicken. So. No. Chicken. Hmm. Don't. Don't. Well, what do you kids think of the real me? I love it. I know I use the word empowering a lot, but this time it really is that. I just have one question about hair. Where does mine start? Head, 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 hair. Where's the border? Oh, my God. Me, too. What are we? What do you think, homie? Sweetie, you've always been beautiful, but now you're my silver bell. <laughs> Let me get the camera we use for precious moments and insurance claims. <laughs> what has she done? I feel like I'm married to Richard Gere. I can't talk now. I'm talking to myself. No, no, Homer, go ahead. Thanks, Homer. It'll just be a minute. What's up? And then from there, we go back to the Mo wingman uh, thing. Uh, so, yes, Homer is extremely upset by Marge's not dyeing her hair anymore. Uh, and we will find out later in the episode that, oh, Homer has a type and it's women with blue hair. Not so really uh, women, Matt, but whatever. I digress. Anything Please continue. with blue hair. Yes, you're <laughs> So uh, we switch right here to the, the B plot, which is essentially Mo wanting a wingman. So Mo is going out to a really you know trendy bar and it has homer to go along with him as his wingman homer agrees while there homer starts reading dr kissing her's book about how to be a good wingman and then it goes on for a while of homer using these tips to get mo you know uh to be able to talk to attractive women who for some reason it works on like i thought the whole point of mo is he's so ugly no one wants to be around him and his personality shows that off but no in this episode mo is entirely okay but it takes a wingman to make it work, I guess. Also, Lenny has a piece of rebar in his head. Just hanging out. It likes to come out sometimes. I, I I, just... There's so much stupid crap. It hurts, honestly. It, it is overwhelming, Matt. 
Like, there's not even a moment to yeah. breathe. You just get, but you're bombarded, right? It's you feel bombarded uh, by it. And yeah, well, at this point, the next day, Homer wakes up and Marge greets him on the couch, and he uh, basically, I don't want to say is disgusted by her, but he's at least distraught by her appearance and claims that uh, sees her as Judy Dench. Well, okay, uh, amid a bunch of James Bond villains. Well, she says, "I'm just like a Bond girl." And Homer tries to imagine oh, a Bond right. girl, and he instead imagines Judy Dench, and then a bunch of Bond villains. Uh, uh, I believe Jaws is there, and uh, Goldfinger, among others. Um, odd job. Um, I, if this episode said anything about male gaze, right? Because I think if you're going to write an episode that is about Marge, why does Marge dye her hair, Right. That is, like, effectively, it is Marge trying to figure out herself why she dyes her hair, right? And why she thinks she dyes her hair. Oh, like, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad. I, like, I think that's a great idea for an episode. If you're going to do it, like, that's not bad. You could, there's so much stuff you could write an episode about. And if you want to talk about male gaze and about how, what Homer, how, Mar- like, why Homer likes her in blue hair or not. And does that matter to Marge? And should it matter? Or does she do it? ultimately like no i love homer and i want to look the way he likes me to look because i love him so much and it doesn't matter necessarily and i don't not dislike blah 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 blah. right you can say stuff about that but this is just disconnected right we just have a disconnected scene completely yes where homer just envisions his his wife as an elderly a, a, a woman he like this weird it's not even judy dench it's like a weird caricature of judy judy dench i don't know what's going yes. on He's disgusted. Well, yeah, I, I get. I, I almost get what they're trying to go for here because they're trying to show that oh, Homer completely views Marge differently now that she has gray hair instead of blue, and the correct thing to do would be to, expl- to uh, explore why that is. Why does Homer see Marge differently now that she has gray hair? Does he love her less or something? Is he less attracted to her? But no, we get Judy Dench instead. So yeah, I, it's just like again, it's just I. Yeah. They had they had an idea for a scene. Well, I will do it. Who cares? Write it in. Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. So after this, uh, we see Bart at school. Uh, Lisa has something blow away and Marge gets out of the car to help her chase it. And all of the other kids see Marge with the gray hair. And now Milhouse is no longer attracted to Marge, which good, I guess. Uh, but Bart I'm, Milhouse. I'm going to mention that. I just want to mention before you get to the, the fight. I want to mention that Milhouse, this is the only thing that I enjoyed in the episode, really. <laughs> Aside from the guess the couch guy. It's where what Millhouse is uh, no longer being attracted to her. No, 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 no. Millhouse has an offhand combat. She's like, did he asks Bart? He says, did she see something scary like the vampire on Sesame Street? Oh, that's and right. you should. They should warn you when he's going to be on screen. And I thought that was. I thought that was cute. I thought that was like, oh, that's Millhouse is afraid of the count. That's okay. Okay. All right. I get it. That's that's a, but that's it. It's, it's something. That's the only. That, I'm it. just. Yeah. I just wanted to mention. I you know you got to be. I want to be fair. So I mentioned the things I enjoy, and that's it. <laughs> okay, that is it. That's the only thing, <laughs> basically. Uh, because afterwards we get to the the Millhouse no longer you know be attracted to Marge and saying uh, not nice things about her, which causes Bart and Millhouse to get into a fight where Bart really just goes to town and beats the crap out of Millhouse <laughs> more so than ever we've ever seen. It is rough, and it will have consequences. I will give them that. Like it, it is the impetus for something that happens later. So there's that at least. 
meanwhile, Marge is at the grocery store, uh, and other women see her and thank her for her bravery. There's a woman who's got it all under control. Hmm? <gasps> Marge, your hair, it's fantastic. Well, thank you. No, thank you for your bravery. I hope I look half as good as you when I give up. Such audacity. Grandma had hair like that when she went to sleep in her forever box. So, yes, when other people see Marge, they applaud her bravery, and Ralph compares her to his grandmother who died. So that does not make Marge super happy, because these women... I don't want to say they're being disingenuous, but they're basically saying, wow, good for you. I would never do that. So it's it's one of, it's a weird uh, act of like social shaming, but in a nice way, it's very passive aggressive. I Again, Matt, it doesn't lead to anything. Like they don't. No, unfortunately. They, all they do is, again, they're writing around it, right? They're not writing about it, right? We're not seeing, we're not, we don't have any actual, because we see like these little slices we see oh homer's reaction we see the people's in town's reaction her friends reactions we see the kids reactions but th- we never get to the meat of it we just get these things like oh yeah well, let's write a scene what happens if the kids see marge with gray hair they think she's a dead grandma and you're like okay but what does that mean right it's not funny because again if the jokes are about marge's uh struggle that's one thing, but effectively, we're all we're, all this whole all this whole episode is about laughing at Marge with gray because it's funny that the women get gray hair. Well, it's funny that women. It's not that it's funny that women get gray hair. It's just the responses to women who have gray hair are well almost psychopathic from everyone involved, and I'm, that's funny. I'm not. I'm not saying that it is funny. I'm saying that they think it's funny. Obviously. The writers of the, this episode, I don't. It's hard to argue otherwise. This episode seems to think that having the women having gray hair is something is a subject of ridicule. That is that is me simply stating fact. I don't believe that. I don't really like. Why does it matter? I. It doesn't. It does not matter. But they don't say anything about it. All they do is go. Ah, isn't that funny? No. It's not funny. And if you are saying otherwise, if you really if. If the creatives behind The Simpsons believe otherwise, right, that it doesn't really matter what a woman's hair color is. Or, yes, there are obviously people in society who think it's a, a sub, something to be ridiculed, but those people are dumb. They didn't say that. They don't say that one bit. They don't even mention it. They just make fun of Marge for 20 minutes. Indeed. Uh, but thankfully, at this point, we're going to a commercial. So now Robbie has to pick up on the horribleness they do to Marge in this episode. <sighs> it's This is the worst of it, Matt. Uh, to leave this the, is the worst of it because it goes last, from this oh, last stuff. Oh boy! It, well, the, the two the two plots intersect in the stupidest way possible. So uh, we are we just pick up right there basically where Lisa's in, they're still at the grocery store. Lisa's encouraging Marge to ignore the the mean and spiteful comments, and then Marge gets uh, something even worse, and she gets quite mad about it. You can't listen to those women, Mom. Change threatens them. They didn't like it when the Springfield shoppers started printing in color. Neither did I. I didn't want to know what color the Statue of Liberty was. But you know what? I was wrong. And these ladies are, too. Ma'am, do you have any kind of a discount card? What kind of card? Well, you know, maybe you belong to the AA... The AA? No! 
Oh, no, I meant the A-A... A-A-A? No, I'm not in AAA. I don't like their Westways magazine. They'll give four diamonds to any place that's got a lid on the toilet. No, I meant the A-A-R-P? <gasps> the A-A-R-P? Well, that tears it. I don't want this milk, and I'm not going to take it back. That's okay. We have a young man who does that for you. Yeah, right here, ma'am. Oh, boy, you put back. I, I hope it takes me by the freezer section. Stick my head in the pizza case. It's like a ski vacation. I can imagine the pepperonis or Swiss chalets nestled in a big layer of mozzarella snow. Gil's always funny, Robbie. That's a fact. I, I don't. Much like Mo, Gil's joke has been run into the ground. It's it just any joke that requires being mean to a character over and over, just without any type of redemption. Because we watch Bob's Burgers and King of the Hill uh, on our, our bonus episodes. And Bill in King of the Hill is a perfect example of this. Like his running joke is that he is incredibly pathetic. But there have been multiple episodes where he gets to be like a good guy and a, a helper and not as incredibly pathetic. So, and it feels like over time, his pathetic plots are kind of like petering out because we're in what, what season five now, Robbie? Uh, what? King of the Hill? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, and I'm hoping it continues to be that way. They need to peter that out and only involve Bill when, you know, it's, you know, he gets a new personality trait, but the stuff with Gil and Mo just will not die. I mean, Gil's not a character. Mo, at least you say there's episodes based around him. We don't know anything about Gil, really. Like he's again, he's just no. he is a he's a stereotype. He's a caricature of uh from of a uh, uh, Jack Lemon, right? Like that's yes, all, that's certain characters. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And. There's nothing. There's nothing else there. It's just the same joke. And it, this, in this instance, man, this is just clearly feeling time. Like this entire scene where Marge is trying to guess what she's about to say. Are you in a a? Are you oh a a a? You're like, oh boy. Um, I do. Um, uh, do like the idea that Marge doesn't like to know the co the color of the Statue of Liberty. I think that's another one little bit of writing, a clever writing that I really appreciate. Um, I call it out because it's, I do, again, want to be fair, say the things I enjoyed. I like that little bit of writing. Um, if you say so, I thought that was incredibly inane. Matt, inane is her talking about, oh, is Gil talking about mozzarella? Or You're not wrong, but I feel like it's also incredibly stupid. Marge first. displays character, Matt. I'll say that. It's like there's very few moments in this episode where Marge actually displays character. It's not about her hair, which who cares about that, I guess. Um, now Bart, what? Now there's a third plot, Matt. There is a third plot for some reason. Why yeah. is there a Bart plot in this now? <laughs> I wish I could tell you. Why? I have no Why? Idea. It's insane to me. They're just like, oh yeah, we're gonna. Instead, you could easily just say the Bart and Milhouse fight is the end of it. Like, oh, they have a scene. It shows how it affects it, the kids, and we move on to the A and the B plots. But instead, we have now a C plot, which gets no closure because this is all we get of it. There is no more of it. This is it. There's one. There's one scene. There's this scene of of like of Bart being embarrassed, and that's that's basically I, it. I mean, that's what I'm saying, Matt. There is a single scene. There's nothing after this. You're right. Right. You're right. Skinner has Bart. He's asked him what's wrong. Doesn't want. They don't want to talk about it. So Bart goes to talk to the school psychologist. There's no. Pro they, there's and this goes on forever, Matt. That's the other thing. Like this clearly again. Yeah, is they just bring back Jay Lauren Pryor. 
from forever ago, and it's completely pointless. But we never get to anything because all we see is Bart tearing. He gets a teddy bear put in there to talk to. Well, the secret camera films him from the jazz festival. We get more Skinner and Chalmers. This feels like a scene from a different episode. Why is this here? It's not funny. I don't understand. I don't understand why it's here. Um, this next scene, the scene I'm we're about to cut, I'm gonna have a clip of. I would say is the worst scene in this episode, but unfortunately, there's an entire fourth act after this, which is yeah. all worse. Um, this is a scene where Marge goes to talk to Patty and Selma. <laughs> So it's true. Your hair committed blue aside. <laughs> I thought you'd be more supportive. I mean, you went gray yourselves. No, we didn't. This is just smoke and ash. So what does your husband, Videl Baboon, think of the new look? He loves it. He calls me his silver bell. That means he hates it. If he really liked it, he'd just paw at it instead of getting all clever. Why are you always trying to cause trouble with me and Homer? Our marriage is rock solid. So, do you think Homer's going to be a club zipless tonight? I sure hope so. <gasps> Oops, dropped my stir. Dope! Oh! Well, Marge, ready to kick Homer to the curb? I can bend him like Beckham. Sorry, but I'm fighting for my man. Give me a double espresso to go. Ma'am, are you sure that's wise with what I presume is your heart condition? Oh! <laughs> go, Granny, go! Oh, jeez, she's coming back. Run, bullies, run! Oh, this is so stupid. Patty and Selma are older than Marge. She is completely gray, like every last little bit. And they are not at all full. Sure about that? Like it, it is just absurd, man. It is just absurd, right? That for twenty plus years now, man. Twenty plus years of The Simpsons, right? Show is nearly as old as I am now, mm-hmm. and Patty and some have always had the same hair, always, right? And here in this toss away line, this 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 absurd dumb episode we get oh no they're redhead and blonde they're just always perpetually matt literally every do they never shower no apparently they immediately light up enough cigarettes to completely cover their hair and smoke and ash as soon as they step out of the shower i guess it's just like again i can't engage with any of this like you could easily matt like this is the other thing to me that is really upsetting there's this scene could you could if you just treat it like Patty and Selma are gray, right? Mm-hmm. And they are supportive of March, right? You you can't have an issue like there you can't write about an issue unless about a character issue, even any kind of issue. Whatever this episode's about, you have to have you have to have people, characters in your show who are on both you can't just have everyone against Marge. You have to have oh, Patty and Selma are actually no, they are they have a different perspective. They're, Patty and Selma in The Simpsons are like freaking unicorns because they're single older women that they, they literally just don't exist in the show unless you're talking about like uh, elderly, elderly, you know, side characters. Um, and so you could have them be supportive of Marge and be like, oh, you finally, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you're finally on the, on Team Grey. Right. You could have them have a discussion about aging, about how it doesn't matter. Like, obviously, Patty and Selma are both they both date 
they both we we've seen multiple episodes about that. Um, you you would think they would have some kind of negative reaction. Oh, like oh, men don't care about you once you go gray or blah 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 or whatever. No one cares in the case of uh, I think Patty has come out at this point. Uh, but yeah. Like this, it doesn't make any sense that they would be. They're they're mean for no reason. Which again, all that does is just enforce the fact that they just thought that it was funny to ridicule March. Like that's all it feels like. This entire episode, just like, isn't it funny about ridiculing March? Like, no, it's it's actually it makes me kind of it kind of revolts revolts feels reviles revulses revulses me revile revulses. Is that the right revulses? Yes. I'm a writer, I swear. We go to our final commercial, 16 minutes and 46 seconds. And when we come back, ooh, boy. Oh, my Lord, just, Matt. I really wish they had just kept these plots separate because this gets awful so fast. So Marge is driving high speed to because she's mad at Homer. Homer is at a club. I I guess they don't ever talk. This is, <laughs> Marge has never asked why Homer is out late at night. He's never told her, hey, you know, I'm helping Mo with this wingman thing. He, she has no clue what he is up to. That's, so that is her the most that he has cra- been in the club. That is the crazy. That's a, like a crazy thing that just goes unsaid in this episode, Matt. This right. married couple have been married for over a decade at this point that M- Homer just has not told Marge anything about any of this. Yeah, nothing at all. Nothing at all. It's like, uh, okay. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So uh, Marge is speeding as fast as she possibly can uh, to get to Homer. She tries to put up a whole bunch of makeup. I was gonna, it, but, she's makeup. Not, but she's not angry. She's instead going to make herself look, like, try and make herself look pretty to win him back or something? What is, what? that's not what this well, episode's well, about. No, she, she says, she, no, no, she says she's going to show those other women that she's the hot one uh, and that Homer was right for choosing her. She's basically going to go in there because it's a club with a whole bunch of young women who, for some reason, thanks to Homer's wingmanning, like Mo, let's remember this, so obviously they're not very intelligent. And have terrible taste in men. Marge is going to show them, you know, what for and like what a really hot woman looks like. So she puts on a whole bunch of makeup while she's driving. This causes her to crash her car. She is completely fine. Her car flips, rolls off the road, lands in some brush, and she's fine. She gets out of the car, still pissed off, determined, and keeps decides she's going to keep walking. And of course, her clothes get torn, and we get a, a montage of her walking through all these crazy places. We end up with her clothes torn. She somehow ends up with a broom. Uh, her hair is like stretched out in all kinds of weird ways and has a bunch of sticks and stuff in it. And then she shows up at the club, uh, where the bouncer immediately lets her through for some reason. Matt, I just I posted this on our Reddit. This a screen cap of this. It's going to be the screen cap for the, the podcast uh, episode, too. Um, and Marge just looks like a cartoon witch. Which is the point, I guess. It is the like, point. I mean, but what? that... Why, well, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding? This is... I wrote in my notes, Matt. I said, this is where I lost my mind. Because I'm, I'm... This is one of those moments where I go, am I crazy? Am I losing... Like, am I... Is this really happening? Like, I feel like the madness is creeping in where... They have like this weird contrived series of events where she crashes her car and all these things. Give her, she gets a broom and curly shoes and straggly hair and and crazy face and and you know the again cartoon witch. She looks like freaking Wicked Witch of the West. She looks like uh, like a uh, uh, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, etc. You know that she looks like that, and it is madness. Do they? Th- I, again, I don't think they. I guess at this point they're just like, I don't care, whatever. Who cares? Isn't it funny? 
that Mars looked, she's been it's transformed. Hilarious. To me, in my mind, I think, oh, this is an opportunity for us to get to where Marge thinks she looks like this, right? She has this exaggerated image of herself in her mind where she looks like a, you know, a cartoon witch. But in reality, oh, she just looks like a normal lady. Yes, right? that would have been way better. And you get, oh, that she's just kind of building this up in her mind because of how society has kind of you know ingrained it about, oh, if you have gray hair, you're suddenly becoming a, you're There's becoming actually, a, it's a funny, wretch. Robbie, there is a joke uh, when Marge gets in inside the uh, club uh, where she gets extremely upset with Homer and identifies herself as his wife. And the young women are like, do you see her the way we see her? And like, what even? I just. But I want to say I skipped over the part where Mr. Burns, before Marge actually enters, <laughs> oh, Mr. Right. Burns is there with his ancient German wingman. And we get lots of horrible jokes about being in the middle of a geezer sandwich. I, I just. Ugh, God. It's like, can this episode repulse me more? I mean, no, it's probably it's, not. It's, it's, I mean, it probably could, but it, it would have to go. It, it would really have to dial it up, Matt. I can't this. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Marge just shows up. She goes nuts. And I'm just going to let you guys listen because this is incredibly stupid. Get your hands off my husband. <laughs> <laughs> this is the situation I call the doctor is out. Marge, what are you doing here? This bar is for singles and wingmen only. That's your wife? Do you see her as we see her? Marge, Marge, put down that broom. You've got nothing to be afraid of from them. I'm a wingman. Part of a great tradition including Val Kilmer from Top Gun, Wedge Antilles from Star Wars, and me from now. And you know why I'm a great wingman? Because I have the confidence that comes from knowing I get to go home to you. (laughs) And you know what else this whole experience has taught me? True beauty isn't about hair color. Probably. But be honest. When I say beautiful woman, what pops into your head? Well, I guess I do have a type. So, yes, uh, Homer has a type, and it's apparently anything with blue hair, not just women, as Robbie pointed out. And so this is how we get back to the status quo. Marge dyes her hair blue, uh... Lisa says that it's so empowering that she went back to blue and we get a great, great joke about feminism that, oh, as a feminist, literally anything a woman does, it's empowering. And that's the end of the episode. I just that's this is what I'm talking about, Matt, where you're like, if this is about, you know, if they want to make any kind of statement about how society views women and how they connect beauty to basically everything (laughs) about, about, about value and worth. um. Not just in women, but, you know, primarily in women. Um, You don't do things like this. You don't have a joke where Lisa goes, oh, actually, it's meaningless. And you're like, oh. Look, Simpsons, writers, I understand that you're very nihilistic these days, but come on. (laughs) It's just so cynical. It's just so mean. And I thought we had gotten past the meanness, right? The cynicism and the meanness. Like, I thought it was not. I thought we had. I thought we'd moved on. Um, but parent, we clearly have not, because that is all this episode is. It's just mean and cynical, and 
there because because home Marge's realization at the end of this Matt is it's okay I should I dye my hair because it makes my husband happy. That's what she realizes. Mm-hmm. Not and not anything else. That's I mean, it. If, not anything else. If if you really wanted this to be at least feminist a little bit, she could say, "I dye my hair because I like the way I look like this." But no, I, yeah. it's awful. We'll rank this episode in the show. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah. I, I can't, I can't. It's, 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 it's okay. It's not hard, Matt. That's the other, like we see this so many times. You're like, oh, that's a good idea, uh, and then they just f- fumble the ball like over and over well, and over yeah, again. At the at the core of this episode is something interesting. Marge dyes her hair. She decides not to. She sees how the world reacts to her, and then decides to go back. That's your core plot line. It's just all the stuff they tack onto it is idiotic. We don't need a wingman plot. The, the Marge plot is enough to fill twenty minutes, right? You don't need it to is be... because you can have the the B, C, and D plots can be how each family member reacts to Marge and how you know in their lives their lives are affected by Marge's decision. Like with the Bart thing, the Bart thing was kind of interesting. Oh, oh, you know, does Bart get teased in school because his mom has gray now? Okay, sure. Is Homer teased because his wife looks different? Maybe I don't know, but something along those lines. If you're going to have a B plot, I mean, the problem is, Matt, that oftentimes, you know, an A plot, this an A plot like this is going to be relatively serious, right? It's about very kind of fragile ego of of of, of, of someone when they make a big change uh, and how they look and how that can drastically affect their 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 psyche. It's not going to be as funny. So you have a B plot. If you want to throw in a B plot, that's five minutes. That has a lot of gags, a lot of laughs. You could do that. I honestly would have it mostly be a diversion in this case. This is one situation where I think you don't need to have a B plot that's connected directly to this. Honestly, I would have Mar. I would have Homer go off on a quest to find the die. Right. That's where I would start all of this, Matt. You want to fix this episode? You don't. You make it. You make it more about oh, they don't have the die anymore. The die has been discontinued. The specific die, and Marge doesn't know what to do. And she's she's it. You know she's already put it off too long, and now suddenly she's going gray. And maybe she starts to go. Oh no, I don't need the die. I'll, I'll she she takes it out as an opportunity. Well, maybe I'll just reset. I'll just go full gray for a bit and see what happens. And you, we send Homer off on a quest, and that's the B plot, right? He's driving from town to town trying to find the hair die, the specific kind of die that Marge wanted, right? And so he goes on, you get wacky adventures with Homer, right? Going to different places. Uh, it doesn't even have to about, like, it's not like, and like, you get, you know, a series of misadventures. Every time we cut back to Homer, it's a more ridiculous position, right? He's He needs to go, He need, okay, this person has it, but they need this first. So he has to go get that, but he can't get that because he needs to get this instead. He, blah, 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 blah. Side quest in an RPG. It's not complicated. Um, <laughs> the A-plot is Marge going great. Like you said, like, People around town reacting to it, and Marge realizing how much of her is tied up in her image, right? Her self-image, and maybe at I think you started her off like relatively confident, right? Oh, yeah, I'm being myself again. I'm really good about. I feel great about it. And then people start, you know, you you could still have people criticizing her because people would do that, but you make it feel more human, realistic. You have Marge. 
slowly be like start tearing yourself down but then you also have maybe a, you have a patty and some giving a different perspective you, you bring in some of these other and then you learn maybe throughout you're like oh there's other women or other people in town who also dye their hair right because they don't for whatever reason and maybe i would have it like if you this might be sound a little corny a little cheesy you have other people like the big reveal is when and marge is at a breaking point right she's like she's starting to question oh what am i doing i don't like how i look anymore i feel like a witch and this is when you have her maybe you do that moment where she looks in a mirror and she sees a witch but in reality she looks basically the same except she has gray hair um and then you could have a big reveal of she's inspired others to do the same that other people have let their hair their natural hair colors come back out and men too, right? You have both women and men reveal. Oh, like, you know, you could like just for men, right? You have, you have, you have Flanders. How old is Flanders? I mean, I believe he's in his sixties. Right. And you could have at least at 60. Exactly. And you have Flanders say, Oh yeah, actually. And he could have a gray mustache and you could, and you say like, well, yeah, I use hair dye, my mustache, but you, I, after seeing you, Marge, I decided uh, it's kind of silly, isn't it? Like, things like that, right? I don't know. It doesn't... And then you have Marge go through this whole journey of uh, of, of doing all this stuff, and people kind of... And you get a maybe a, a cut of all the people in town, and some of them have natural hair colors again. And then you have a big fun moment at the end where Homer comes back with, like, a trailer full of the dye. And um, Marge, now that she's come to peace... That she had with her gray hair. The fact that she's just like, well, I actually like how I look better with the blue hair. She remembers why. Like, oh, yeah, I remember why you choose blue. I love blue. Homer loves blue. I'm going to dye my hair again. Yeah, I mean, if you really wanted to make this good, you could have something along the lines of, oh, uh, Homer says that he... You get to the point where Homer appreciates Marge's gray hair and says, I love you no matter what your hair color is. And then she decides to go back to blue because she's like, you like it better. I like it better. It's fine. I mean, that's the thing, Matt. Like, I, the problem is with that, and I think that's the thing where it's like, if you make it, you start making it about male gaze, uh, that's a different episode. <laughs> that's that's sure. more about, like, beauty standards and stuff like that, um, which I think is certainly there in that issue, but it becomes less about Marge. It becomes more about society. And I think if you're going to do that, it has to be all about that. Fair. I don't know. It's not, I mean, that's not a bad idea. I think you could do that if you chose that. You just have to swerve, right? You have to go. You have to choose a path, choose a lane. This episode does not choose a lane. It's just mean for twenty minutes. It has random crap about Mo. What happens to Mo, by the way, Matt? What happens to Mo in this? Does he find a girlfriend? We don't care. We don't care. What happens to Bart? Is he sad still? No idea. There you go. Nothing. What? Who cares? That's that's the answer, Matt. Who cares? <sighs> that's it for that. We move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments to the group. So we're asking our, 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 our supporters over there on Patreon.com to leave their thoughts about an episode. Uh, and I'll read them on air. First from Derek. How do you mess this one up? You've come up with a premise that can make for a simple, realistic Mars story, like in the good old days. And they seem to almost, they seem almost to be hostile in their attempt to undermine this present at every turn. What's here is just 20 minutes of incomprehensible nonsense. Why is Springfield, once so dilapidated, now filled with swanky clubs? Why is the population now 50% young women? Why would they go near Mo? 
And why would they be interested in talking to Homer? This whole subplot lives lives up to absolutely zero scrutiny. The Marge transforming into a Wicked Witch sequence goes on for an eternity, and then, in the case you didn't get it, they beat you over the head with music from Wizard of Oz anyway. There was a potentially good meta moment about the kid's hair, but instead of making it short and snappy, it's just an exercise in time-killing and becomes frustrating, another one to avoid. From Tim, what a mess this was. At first, there was a small ray of hope in that Homer treated Moe's loneliness with some level of compassion. The episode very rapidly went off the rails from there. I'll start with a female European Moe committing suicide with no comment. Couldn't figure out if this was supposed to be about wingmen, inappropriate responses to aging, or inappropriate responses to kids' challenges growing up. Did anyone notice that in the wingman's presentation there seemed to be two disco stews? No, No one saw that, right? No one saw that. No, no one was one paying s- attention. No, no, it's really... It's, who cares? That's the answer. If you notice weird continuity stuff, who cares? One low-stakes complaint from me was Harry Shearer being assigned the role of the, wing, of the wingman. Normally, Shearer is outstanding at what he does, but that just, this just seemed wrong. Val Kilmer wasn't available? Number 422, definitely not canon. It could be fixed if a plot centered on Homer and Code demonstrating that the wingman was full of you-know-what. And again, that's a different plot altogether, right? I think if you want to make it about Moe yeah, and the, Wingman. The, the, the Moe and Wingman thing could have been a whole plot on its own. But instead, they just abandoned it. From Dara, about two years ago, I was dating someone, and we put this episode on as something to fall asleep to. Hearing them giggle as we cuddled gave me a memory of this episode being cute and funny. I'm going to hold on to that memory and just say that Harry Shearer was the best part of the episode. Random number, editor, random number generator told me it's the sixth best episode of season 22. Dara, Dara, your random number generator joke made me laugh more than anything in this episode did. Uh, From JJ, if you ever wanted 20 minutes of almost every character being casually cruel to Marge for no reason, then this is the episode for you. I felt so bad for her throughout this. The ones who treated her the worst for the writers. Why they thought we needed an entire episode mocking women with gray hair, I have no idea. But even if it wasn't in poor taste, it's hardly a goldmine of comedic potential. The B-plot isn't much better, as Moe's arc doesn't even have a conclusion. Neither does Bart in his mini-C plot, which felt like it only existed because they were a few minutes short. It's like how this whole thing feels like it only exists because they're an episode short. Another season 22 stinker. Amen. Finally, from Mitch 100. Um, did someone just forget to write in any of this? Because I think someone forgot to write in any of this. The Bart subplot. Why? How? What? Why was it even there at all? I had to watch this episode twice to be sure that I had missed anything, but I hadn't. Two storylines petered out, and a third was just there. There were at least two jokes that secured a bark laughter for me. Millhouse talking about the count on Sesame Street was actually funny, and I didn't mind the quick Cousin Jessica line from Lisa. The verdict, unmemorable in the extreme. Yeah, there's a gag about Jessica Simpson. Remember Jessica Simpson? We didn't talk about her for very good reason. She's completely pointless to this. <laughs> True. But she did exist at the time. And she still, I mean, she still technically does exist, but she's definitely not. That zeitgeist has just, all those, all those, the, the, the Christina Aguilera's and the Britney Spears of the world are, I mean, they still exist. They're just not the, it's the, 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 the we live in a world, the culture of steam, Matt, someone once said. Not Jessica Simpson fan, Matt? I just don't care. So that, see, the, Matt, here, this is the thing, Matt. I want, I want you all to understand this. We're going to take a quick aside. I asked Matt that question. I could say, not a Jessica Simpson fan. And you know what the answer is? Is No, Matt's not a Jessica Simpson fan. But he doesn't even answer the question. He can't do that. He has to say, no, I don't care. Be, he has to be obstinate. This is what I deal with on a weekly basis, guys, okay? It is he, true. Riot puts up with a lot for me. He, can't just, he just can't say, no, I'm not a fan. He has to say, no, I don't care. Be careful. It's not that I'm not a Jessica Simpson fan. I'm a nothing. I don't. I don't. No, Matt. I I have no opinion. Do we need to figure out what a fan? What being a fan of something is? 
If you're not a fan, that means you're not a fan of it. It doesn't mean how much if you like it a little if you like it at all, you're a fan. If you don't like it or okay. unaware of it or don't care, you're not a fan. I'm not asking right, if you hate her. Do you hate Jessica Simpson? No. Okay then. See? That's what I'm saying. I'm not asking if you hate her. I don't hate Jessica Simpson either. I'm also not a fan. <sighs> this episode has got me in a bad mood, Matt. We can move on to our next segment. Wait, wait, wait. I should plug. Hey, Patreon. Go support us on Patreon. Leave a review like these fine folks have done. The stalwart, stalwart listeners have done. They put up with a lot from us. Let's be real. I mean, they put up a lot from watching the, the show every week, just like we do. This, blah, 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 blah. Words, Robbie. We move on to our next segment. Speaking of listeners, it is the time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is... What is your favorite sitcom from the 80s? And you know, some of y'all stretched stretched the limits <laughs> of this question to its breaking point, but I'm fine with that. That's what I like. Matt, take it away. All right, first up from Bradley. On the dying breath of the 80s, it came. It was odd, unlike anything anyone had ever seen. It was anti-authoritarian, unlike the rounded edge sitcoms that had preceded it. However, it looked rough. Sometimes the background would be upside down, but that didn't matter. Little did they know they were watching the show that would change history, The Simpsons. I mean... Mad props just for the, uh, the the narration quality of it. Uh, from Dara, excluding The Simpsons, I'll go with Small Wonder, Alf in pog form, and Punky Brewster as my childhood favorites, and Married with Children be my adult favorite for those insomnia-filled nights to binge on. <laughs> uh, from Matt, with being born in 1990, I missed out on the nostalgic 80s lineup. It's hard not to pick Seinfeld or Cheers, but I have to go with Golden Girls. There aren't many shows I've laughed as hard at as this one. The banter between all the ladies and wit is hard to match. Uh, from Aaron, Newhart. A show that lasted eight seasons and got better with each year. While I watched it regularly during the 80s, I don't think I ever appreciated how brilliant it was. By season eight, it was so nutso crazy, it was practically a live-action cartoon series. David Merkin's influence on the show was evident. Did you ever watch New Heart, Robbie? I'm not tipping my hand in my answer at all, Matt. Not doing it. All right, fair enough. <laughs> all right, uh, next up from Andy. The child side of me is going with Punky Brewster. My adult side is going with Cheers and Taxi. Mm, good choices. Uh, from Derek, okay, I wasn't alive for 80 sitcoms, but I'll just go with Seinfeld. I know it came out in 1989, but so what? What have you got against 1989? Just because it is as young and hip as 1982 that makes the year invalid? Yeah, that's right. I got your numbers, you ageist. Anyway, even though the first season was rough, it would go on to be one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, eviscerating the kind of schmaltzy schlock that came before it. I mean, yeah, but it's just not that funny is the real problem with Seinfeld. Matt, 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 Matt. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of character flaws, okay? I don't talk about them too much because I don't want to you know, make you feel bad. <laughs> but this is a big, big one when you're like, oh, you're like that. There's like this weird movement of like Seinfeld's not funny. I'm like, no, Seinfeld is funny. It's like, I'm sorry you can't relate to people with, with you know, where they just have severe personality where problems. Where they're awful for no reason. <laughs> I mean, Matt, I don't know if you've met real people in real life. They are pretty awful. They're yeah. pretty awful. Like, Seinfeld's funny and so is It's Always Sunny. They're both the same thing. George Costanza, I'm not going to pick Seinfeld because I, I, it, it did start 89. I don't really, I consider it a 90s sitcom if you're going to ask me. But I think George Costanza is one of the best characters ever created. It's just an, such an absurd, he's, he is us at our most like stupid and absurd. And, but also they're like, there's a Seinfeld episode where George, like the whole, one of the big plot points is that George Pulls a a mostly uneaten, an, I think actually completely uneaten dessert from the garbage and eats it. And there's many, there's multiple people who are horrified by that fact when they discover it. But I'm on Team George in this instance, Matt. I'm if there is a 
like there's an eclair just sitting on top of the garbage, completely untouched. And I just walk by. I'm eating that mm-hmm. eclair. Okay. And I, I love I love yep. Seinfeld. I just want I'm I will tip my hand in this point. I consider Seinfeld a nineties uh, sitcom, but I don't I don't grudge anyone who picks it. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it started off, it had a very 80s feel at the beginning, but it became, it, it stayed relevant to the years when it was produced. So it changed. Uh, I, I, I think it's fundamentally, it defines the 90s, much like The Simpsons do. Like, I think that's what true. I think about very it. True. Like, it's very much like, it's not, yeah, yes. Like, yeah, there's that weird period in like the late 80s, early 90s. And that's like every decade where like that change, that shift from one decade to the next, they're kind of the same. It's just a big morass. So like early, mm. you say late '80s and early '90s are similar. They are. They're kind of the same. And it, you, you know, decades don't really get a good. We don't have a good grasp of what their culture is until mid to late in the decade, anyway. And then it's already time to change over again. Like it matters. We make up all this stuff. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, moving on uh, from Tim. Got to go with Cheers. Yes, it's not entirely realistic, but it's ideal. Who wouldn't want a place where everybody knows your name? And it launched the career of the man we all love as Sideshow Bob. <laughs> That's true. Uh, from Everett, I was born in 2009. Oh my god, uh, children! <laughs> and I have never watched or really even heard of any of these 80s sitcoms besides Seinfeld, but I never watched it, so I have to go with The Simpsons, which, yes, is the lame and obvious answer, but it's the only one I've got. That's fair, Everett. I mean, you were born practically yesterday, so we're I'm, okay with that. Everett, you're please, please take care of us when we're elderly. That's all I ask. <laughs> please, oh. You'll be the only one who get our jokes when we're in the retirement home. <laughs> yeah, that's nice, Grandpa. Yeah, I love The Simpsons, too. Uh, all right, next up from Timothy. Definitely the second best TV show of all time, MASH. While it was drifting off into the self-serious last few seasons, it still made a huge impact on the decade. Oh, and WKRP in Cincinnati barely made it to the 80s, but it still counts. <laughs> uh, from Old Painty, Painty Can, Joey Jojo, Jr. Shabadoo, Snrub, all second MASH. Futurama takes the stuffing out of it expertly, but for my money, it was right... It was the right mix of thoughtful and hilarious. Uh, from Max, wow, a lot of responses to this. Jeez. <laughs> from Max, I have to say cheers. I liked Cosby Show, Family Ties, and other family sitcoms, but they do not hold up in my opinion. I rewatched Cheers on Decades TV last year, and the jokes still hold up, but I prefer the Christie Alley episodes to the Shelly Long ones. It became an ensemble, not just the Sam and Diane show. That is definitely true. Uh, when they swapped out uh, Shelly Long for Kirstie Alley, like Kirstie Alley is nowhere near the main character that Shelly Long was, and the rest of the crew gets a lot more to do, so it's more enjoyable. But Kirstie Alley's character is awful, just just horrible. If you ever watch Cheers and you get to the Kirstie Alley uh, uh, years, just know that you can mostly ignore everything she does. Uh, next up from funny film fan, technically it's the Simpsons since the Simpsons roasting on an open fire episode aired in the eighties. But the real answer to the question is cheers. The writing was just so sharp and they managed to negotiate the death of the actor who played a beloved character and the lead actress leaving the show by replacing those characters with ones who were different than the ones they replaced, but still managed to stay in step with the tone of the rest of the show. Cheers love today. Uh, from infinite Gur 4927. I was awfully young to be controlling what we were watching at primetime in the eighties. But I remember most fondly and laughing pretty hard along with Newhart, Cheers, and Murphy Brown. Oh, I forgot about Murphy Brown. Whoa. Uh, but above them all, Bob Newhart. I don't even know what the show was about. I don't think Bob did either. <laughs> he always looked completely overwhelmed with everyone in the show. Perfect Newhart. Bob Newhart has never not been funny. I mean, that's definitely true. Uh, next up from Mixed Worried 428. I was born in the early 80s, and most of what I watched premiered in the latter half of the decade. I guess technically my favorite would have to be Seinfeld, but that didn't premiere until 1989, and I never watched it until the late 90s, probably so I don't think that counts. I remember watching Charles in Charge after school a lot and Growing Pains, but the easy answer for me is going to have to be Full House, as I still watch it from time to time. Everywhere a lot of, you a lot of... look. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's that's they're, they're not wrong. Like all the the best '80s sitcoms are basically '90s sitcoms. It just happened to start a few mm, years before the night. We're gonna we're gonna have we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up from T. Augustus Holm, The Wonder Years. Three words. Teachers never die. Next up from Brian. I can't remember any sitcoms I watched in the 80s. I've always been someone to watch shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Arrested Development. So I'm going to say Saturday Night Live because the cast was good back then. And it gave us Wayne's World. That is a very good point. The 90s would be very different without Wayne's World. Uh, and from her to the show, Andrew Bloom, I'm going to count the Jeffersons since it ran until 1985. I watched it in syndication as a kid and just tickled by Funny Bone. In hindsight, I'm not sure what about it appealed to a 10-year-old exactly, but maybe it was just another trademark Norman Lear crowd pleaser. I mean, that's fair, Andrew. That's fair. Andrew, what it, it appealed to a 10-year-old Andrew. I, you're Andrew, you're still, you were you at 10, just like you're you now. I understand per- completely why you would like the Jeffersons as a 10 year old. If you're the same person I know today. Um, did you, did you ask me that with my answer? Robbie, what is your favorite 80s sitcom? Uh, see, the thing is, if I was going to actually give an honest answer of like, you know, 80s sitcom, I, I, I think of something that is, it, it, Kind of like Seinfeld, you know, defines the decade, right? Well, in a certain extent, um, at least I, I kind of set myself like, did it? How much of it was in the eighties? Like, if it was in the eighties for a year, I'm like, ah, it's not really an eighties sitcom, is it? Like, there was, I would have picked, ta- I could have picked Taxi, right? But Taxi is only in it for a couple years in the early eighties. Is really Taxi to me is a seventies sitcom, and Seinfeld and The Simpsons, obviously, I love them both. They are 90s sitcoms to me. Um, I'm going Newhart. Uh, after looking through all these answers, and I like I went through like what actual shows did I watch? Newhart, like you know, The Simpsons and Seinfeld for that matter, were kind of like playing off of this like sweet crap that most of 80s sitcoms were. You know, the growing yeah. pains and the Family Ties and and the Cosby Show. Um, they were kind of playing off that stuff, adding a little bit bite of cynicism. Uh, and, and things like that. New art, I think, swerved away from everything. Uh, and that's probably why I still like it to this day. Both the Bob Newhart show, which is a 70s show, but Newhart from the 80s are both both really funny. And Newhart didn't feel like an 80s sitcom. It felt like it could be any time, really. Like, it's just so odd. And Bob Newhart himself, he's just so... I, I don't know how to describe it. Just a strange man who's incredibly funny. He... You know, he could just, they center that show around him, and it doesn't really matter that it doesn't, that, yeah, it takes place in the 80s, I guess. Um, it doesn't really define the 80s, but I didn't really like the 80s uh, <laughs> pop culture that much, really. No, most of them are pretty bad. Like, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and tip my hand. I feel like Cheers, I recently rewatched all of it because, you know, it's it has this... Uh, this zeitgeist of being one of the best 80s sitcoms and it's good i mean the writing is surprisingly good uh but some of it does not age super well and i mean they have like four sets for the entire series <laughs> the actual cheers bar set is this is where they are for 90 plus percent of the time and it's amazing they put that much content into so little money being spent on anything besides the actors themselves but my actual manager is Golden Girls. Uh, because if you've watched Golden Girls, all of those episodes could be made today. Not all of them, but like 98% of them could be made today. And everyone would go, wow, that's that's remarkably topical and a, a good take on the situation. Because like they were so ahead of their time. And it's still funny. 
still yeah. exactly how characters in sitcoms would act today. It's a that is a good call. I'm at Golden Girls is great and is still great. You can watch Golden Girls. You can watch Golden Girls right now, and it still holds up. It's still really funny. Um, I mean, it helped, like all four of those actors, they're all incredibly talented on their own. They're all really good, and you have them playing off of each other. It you get really, really, really funny stuff. Um, I just, I don't know. I think I'm just personally, I feel like I connect to Bob Newhart the mo- like, especially in Newhart, where he is uh, like this relatively intelligent man surrounded by a bunch of hillbillies. And, and, and that is a very succinct summation of it. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's it. it repre- even as a child, I felt like th- I belong here. I belong, Mister Newhart. You understand me. <laughs> um, next week's question: What's your favorite love story? B- easy as that could be. I- I'm not gonna. No limits. Television, movies, books, wh- whatever. You know, what's your favorite love story? Think about it. Post this question on our social media. Um, I think I'm not going to bother posting on Twitter anymore. There's just nothing there. Nope. Don't do it. I don't like, it's just every day. Like, and it makes me, Matt, I go to Twitter and it makes me sad. Like I still do it by impulse. Cause I used to do it all the time. And it's just like, Oh, like tweet deck is now X pro. You have Elon Musk tweeting about yeah. X is going to change the world. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Like what? I don't know if you were ever saying you are certainly not that anymore, dude. Um, so you can email us always, simpsonshowpod at gmail.com. You can answer the question on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Simpson Show. You can go to our subreddit. This is the Simpson Show. I'll link to I'll link to that stuff in the show notes if you need if you want a handy dandy link. We're getting more and more people answering questions on the on on a subreddit, which I'm really grateful for. And it gives us a place to post stuff. So it works. Um and again, favorite love story. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. We are tied. 21 to 21. Blackjack. Uh, so far this season. We're roughly halfway through the season. Um, I'm just going to say, Matt, I was mean again today. Oh, no. I have to be. Like, this is the only way. I have to be mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, are, you ready okay. for an easy, are you ready for an easy question? I am ready. In I'm with Cupid, Marge and Homer go to whose house for dinner? Uh, I believe that is Apu's. That's correct. All right. Your easy question. In supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, who is the ugliest man in Glasgow? <laughs> Groundskeeper Willie. You are correct. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, we, there's an in in my uh, in my wrestling Discord. There's an in joke about the the ugliest man in, in Glasgow <laughs> that I don't I don't think it's worth explaining, but it does. It makes me laugh even more thinking about it. All right, Matt, your medium question, and you might say, Robbie, this medium question is really hard. I mean, like, yeah, it's pretty hard, but considering how hard the hard question is, medium question is not as hard. What is the name of the skywriter Apu uses to declare his love to Bonjula? The name of his business or him? Uh, him. Or both. I mean, one is, they, his name is in the name of the business, so. Uh, okay, I'm with Cupid. Name of his it is written. It is shown, I have no clue. It is shown multiple times in the episode. His name is Fantastic Dan, and the name of the company oh, is Skywriting right. by Dan. Of course, of course. Of course. 
All right. Fair enough. All right. Your medium question. Uh, who is Homer in the Civil War Recreation Society that he gives up in order to hire a housekeeper for Marge? <laughs> Civil War Recreation. I see, Matt, I've, this, that's, a, like, I love supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. It's, like, one of my go-to, like, heartwarming episodes. Like, it makes me feel good. And I haven't watched it in so, 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 so long because I get so many, so much Simpsons um, from doing the podcast. And I... See, that's a bit where, like, I should know that. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I will. I'm going to give myself about 15 seconds. Um, give up being Burnsides? General Burnsides? Wow. I, whew. Yes, General Ambrose Burnside. Ah! I, I, have to give you that. Ah! I cannot believe that. Yes! Ah! I was just thinking of like, what's a ridiculous general from the Civil War? <laughs> That's really was my thought process, Matt. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. actually blindly guessed and got everyone right. I am so happy, Matt. This redeems everything about this terrible, God. terrible episode. Your hard question, Matt. On what day does the episode start? On what day? Oh, uh, it's a holiday, isn't it? It is. I'm with Cupid is the episode. What day, what date, I guess, does the episode start? Um, okay, I believe it is, oh gosh, uh, February the 7th. Matt, mm-hmm. you're one day off. Oh, I knew it! I knew that was going to happen! Because it starts on the 6th, and then he has seven days to do it. And I was like, wait, does it start, is it the same day? Ugh. Fine. It does not start on the same day. It starts the day prior, uh, technically. Yeah. And then you see the nighttime, and then you get to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, your hard question. In this episode, who replaces Andy Griffith on the Andy Griffith show? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, is that oh, that's a is that like a background guide where we hear um is that what I think that's what is that what that episode is that from that episode where we hear the background gag basically? You're not going to confir- you're not going to confirm or deny this, are you, Matt? Um You are correct. Charles Bronson. Son of Yes. It's a good thing we're still in the middle of the season. Yes. I, I think you're cheating today, Robbie. This not, is Matt. I I'm going to be honest with you. I remember that more distinctly than I do the Burnside's bit. I remember distinctly, like, oh right, because the it, the genteel Andy Griffith gets replaced by eh, yeah Charles Bronson. Yeah, you got Charles Bronson voice guy. You get some mm-hmm. gunshots, reactions to murders in in a sleepy sleepy town. That was not a guess. I knew that. I totally guessed Burnside. That was random luck. Uh, this I knew. See, Matt, you, you're just, I think you're just being too sweet. You're just being too nice. You know, I'm my, going too easy on you're you. You're going yep. too easy on me. And now I got a sweet five point lead. Oh boy. It feels so good. I'm going to be real tough next time. I told you, Matt, I'm being mean. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be mean. I need, I want that belt, Matt. We're commissioning a belt. We're going to get it done. I want that belt. All right. You have no idea. Uh-huh. Like we're, I'm going to take a triumphant picture holding that belt at the end of the year. Even if I never champion again, I want to have it one time, right? I need joy in my mm-hmm. life, Matthew. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Matt's just like, yeah, right, whatever. Yep. Sure, fantastic, I'll be sure. Fantastic, Dan. What kind of question is that? Exactly. Exactly. Um, that's it for trivia. I'm feeling pretty good now. Uh, we can move on to our mm-hmm. next segment. It's time for best our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with, Matt. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. 
Best episode ever is the Power Show where Matt and I rate the episodes categorically, watch them chronologically, eventually compile a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This episode is abysmal. It is awful. Uh, where does it go, Matt? I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> Let's think how low can we go realistically? This episode is just I, incredibly stupid. I said it, Matt. I think this is worse than Homer. The, I said it before we started, and I still think it oh, is you're, worse you're than Homer. You're 100% the, correct. Worse than last we week's put, episode, which is a number 400 even. Okay, yes, it's definitely worse than that, because I was looking down around Crooked Ladder for it's just like idiocy around characters. I just, it's so incredibly stupid. I think uh, Crooked Ladder is, where was that? I don't know. 32. Yeah, that's really low. You're saying this is worse than the frying game. I think this is worse than the frying game, honestly. Okay. It's just All right. awful. I mean, I agree with you. It. it I I think if we rewatched the frying game, Matt, we'd probably go, this is really dumb, but there's at least some laughs in it. I think that's where we would be if we rewatched the frying game today. We didn't know where we didn't know where the show would go. Um, Crook and Ladder, I think, is a good spot. The Boys of Bummer, like all those episodes, Smoke on the Daughter, Bart Mangled Banner. I think it's above Bart Mangled Banner. I'll give it that. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, There's how munched is that birdie in the window, which we did not that long ago. Oh, yeah, that one was real bad. Was very bad. Bart kills an ostrich in it. Um, Danica Patrick is in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's real stupid. It, what, I think what this was is regarding Margie. I think that I think this is worse than how much is that bird in the window? I really do. I mean, the the that scene where Marge turns into a witch, Matt, is I like it's going to be a thing that sticks with me forever. <laughs> regarding Margie yeah, is yeah. the amnesia episode with Marge. So I think. Good company. That's a very comparative point where they just make this incredibly stupid premise and just make us watch the entire time. I okay. What well, I think it's in that window, right? I think it is below. How much is that birdie in the window? I think. Oh man, this is. Do you think it's? Do you think it's better or worse than Crook and Ladder? That's where where Homer and the boys become firemen and steal things. I honestly think this is worse just because of how incredibly nonsensical it is. Okay. I think this is better than smoke on the daughter. The smoking episode girl dancing dance girls dancers smoking. I think it's better than that. Homer the Whopper. Which one's Homer the Whopper? (laughs) Good question. I'm looking it up. That's uh, that's where um, Homer is cast as a superhero and written by Uh, written by Seth Rogen. And Evan Goldberg. Or trained by Seth Rogen. And his personal trainer because well, he gets skinny. Well, and then, well the episode you know. is written by Seth Rogen. Um, oh, I mean, he he plays somebody in the episode, right? He, he plays he does, like a, he a plays, personal trainer who gets him skinny. Yes, he does. And I think this is worse than that. So yeah, I, I, I would, it is, unfortunately. I would put this above Smoke on the Daughter and right below Homer the Whopper. That's where I would slot this. What do you think? Yeah, I'm good with that, unfortunately. Okay. That is the blue and the gray. Another situation where uh, Marge Goes Natural would be my title, the alternate title for this episode. But they don't, we, we have to have be clever. Um, the Blue and the Gray is a new number 434 on our list, right below Homer the Whopper, right below Smoke on the Daughter. Season 22 might be our worst episode, our worst season yet, um, which is saying something. I thought 20, we couldn't go lower than 21, but maybe we'll see. Um, it's gonna be. It's a. We have. A, we have multiple twenty twos in the in the four hundreds. Like it's just abysmal. 
Um, that's the number 241 on our post goal news ranking. We have one more thing to do, one more question to answer. And that, that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! You, you want me to say it, Matt? Or you want to say it? Please, go right ahead. Fire the cannon. There's no part of this I want to be remembered. Nope. I, 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 hope, I want to forget it. I hope that no one remembers this episode ever. Ever. Um, we are up to number 150, Matt, as we answer the same question about every episode on the list, eventually answering it for every single episode, defining the canon of The Simpsons. And we are 150, which is the dad who knew too little. Oh, that's actually one I really enjoy. We're Homer 6, the... Um, um, the private investigator on Lisa. I, I really like this. I think it's one of the better Homer Lisa episodes, honestly. It is a, it's a Matt Selman episode season 14. You know, it's in that, that the terrible, those terrible years where, where we thought we are at the worst of the worst, but no, we hadn't gotten there yet. Um, I, I think, yeah, it stays. I think it, it is a little absurd at times, um, but it does get to like, I think heart, right. It gets to the heart of Homer and Lisa and, it's worth watching, right? We're talking about has Elliot Gould in it. Who doesn't like Elliot Gould? I guarantee. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guarantee you something, guys. I don't know if I showed Matt a picture of Elliot Gould if he could identify him. Not the real life person. No. <laughs> There's a picture floating around the internet, Matt. I think if I showed you that picture and told you that was Elliot Gould, you'd be go. Oh, that's Elliot Gould. I mean, probably. Yeah. There's a, a pretty a pretty infamous one that, that still gets memed to this day. Um, that's yeah. Dad who knew too little definitely stays in. It's it's fun, right? It's fun. It's sweet, and I think even a li- some sweetness in season fourteen is like whew, you need it uh, in those years because otherwise you get a lot of. I mean, to be fair, I need it in these years too, but we're just getting none. Like season twenty, how is that possible? How is season twenty two more cynical and bitter than season fourteen? I don't know how, but it is. Uh, I wish I could tell you. It's ridiculous. I, it's absurd. Um, so that's a, that's a yes for the dad in too Little. Our next episode, Matt. It is time for Angry Dad, the movie. Oh, no. I've never seen this episode, Matt. <sighs> I guess we'll figure it out. It is a continuation of Angry Dad, who first appeared in I Am Furious Yellow in season 13. This is where we're at in the show, where they are giving us sequels to bad episodes. <laughs> Even though I think Anger Dad's fine, I think largely it's kind of stupid, but the episode itself is, is, is I'm Furious Yellow is, is okay, I think we actually settled on. But it's just, we're like, this is how long the show's going on, where we're not even getting sequels to the Golden Years. We're getting sequels to Teen Year episodes. We're like, oh, that's next week. You can watch along with us. Um, that'll just about do it for us today. You can find everything on our website. This is SimpsonsShow.com has links to all this stuff. I need to update it with links to the subreddit as well, change everything up there. I'll try and do that this week. Um, you can find me online on all social media, Robbie Dorman. I'm most active on Instagram, and now I'm on Threads. Now that Threads is out of following page, I can use Threads now. Uh, so I'm on there, if you're on there. Um, but I'm ever I'm basically, basically, I am. I'm on Tumblr. I'm on Co-host. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on Mastodon. I'm on, I'm on everything, man. Tumblr. I'm everywhere. Um 
I by the time you rear this, my newest book might be available. I'm not sure yet, so probably won't really announce it till next week. But if you uh, go on Amazon and look for it, you'll find it most likely. It's called Dead End. It's about it's my zombie book. I'm really happy about it now that I'm done uh, revising it. Uh, I've also started a new podcast called Video Vault. If you haven't listened to that, go give it a shot. Newest episode is out now. It's about Blues Brothers, and you might go Blues Brothers. Is that a cult movie? Yeah, I think we think it is. Actually, yeah, we think it is a cult movie. You should go listen to that podcast and go watch Blues Brothers because I think they're both great in equal measure. Our podcast is definitely as good as Blues Brothers. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. I spend all of my time taking care of baby kittens, which you can see at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. We just got our last little baby uh, adopted. So any day now, there will be new, adorable, probably barely able to move into their own power kittens. So if you like seeing that kind of thing, well, you know where to go. My, my brain stopped working there for a second, Matt. Like, I just shorted out. I say What I say is, like, uh, and with that, we'll call it a day. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Give us a minute. Shh.